0: um, Just before we do get started, um, if you're watching, as I mentioned before, online, if you're watching from Bernie to Baghdad, from Uz to Oslo, from Ross to Russia, if you're the Prime Minister or the President, I'm not going to go there. Let's not go there. But uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I had the privilege of being out of a Saturday night. And uh, it was just the two of us. We left the children at home, and we thought uh, what we were going to leave at home was uh, them to watch a movie. It was going to be the latest Finding Nemo movie, which is called Finding Dory. (laughs) And throughout the course of the night, we made contact via SMS just to make sure everything was going okay. And I received a, a message from one of my children clearly showing what they're up to and so we're out enjoying some time together and they're at home watching what we thought was finding dory they sent a picture back to me of what was going on in the house and i was trying to figure it out and i showed my wife i said what do you think this is it's a picture of our cat sniffing at something it looked like a little bit of a twig on the floor i'm going what's going on anyway a message came back from my children they said have you figured this out yet I said, no, what's going on? And it was kind of like that message came back and said, aha. So we went home that evening, opened the front door, went into our lounge room, and guess what? They weren't watching a movie. They set up our Christmas tree. (laughs) They set up the Christmas tree at the start of November. (laughs) Now, you know when sports teams travel the world and they take what you call fanatics, with them, the sports fanatics, the they, they supporters. How many Christmas fanatics do we have here this morning? Did you have your Christmas tree already set up in November? Did you have decorations? Set? There's a few fanatics here this morning. How many online, I wonder, have your Christmas decorations set up? So our Christmas tree is up, isn't it? Our Christmas tree is also set up here at church. We have some Christmas presents. How many people would like to open some presents this morning? Fantastic. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. I'm going to need some help from over here just in a moment to help me open some of these gifts here this morning. But Christmas is fun, isn't it, Brad? Apparently. How many days till Christmas, Brad, do you know? 42. That's what I had on my sheet. I counted up as well. We have 42 days till Christmas. <laughs> it's a fun season, isn't it? It's one of, as the Christmas carol goes, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. How many people agree? And especially for those of us who are Christians, we celebrate Christmas each and every day. What an absolute joy and what an absolute honor. It's a time for family. It's a time for friends. It's a time to come together. It's also a time for food, and it's a wonderful thing. But over the years, there have been many infant school nativity plays. How many people have actually been a part of a nativity play when you were younger? I certainly have. We got the, the tea towels. Yeah at the tea towels. One particular school was the highlight of their year. It was the annual Christmas production. One little boy was desperate to play the part of Joseph. And so the day arrived when his teacher announced all the roles and the little boy was not chosen to play the part of Joseph. He was chosen to play the part of the innkeeper. But he didn't want to be the innkeeper. He wanted to be Joseph. And so the day arrived when the school presented their annual Christmas production to the entire school. All the families were there, the relatives were there, the friends were there, and they get to that point where Mary and Joseph arrive at the innkeeper's door and they knock. And Joseph says, can my wife Mary and I come in for the evening? And the innkeeper said, she can, but you can't. I wanted to be Joseph. (laughs) Some fond memories of the nativity plays. But people, we have different expectations, don't we? And different perspectives of what Christmas actually is. And so right now, these next three Sundays, before we get into December, we're going to stop We're going to stop, and sometimes it's important to stop, because it's going to get busier here on end, isn't it? If it's not already busy for you. So we're going to stop, and we're going to talk about what Christmas is. I wonder, if you were asked that question, how would you finish it? Christmas is, if you were to turn the person next to you, which I won't do, by the way, but if you were to answer that question, Christmas is, is, I wonder how you would answer that. So we're going, to, we're going to stop these next three weeks and talk about what Christmas is. You see, the only true historical reason for celebrating Christmas is the birthday of Jesus Christ. But could you imagine, because how the world has turned Christmas, could you imagine that it was your birthday? Imagine it was your birthday just for a moment, and you're having a party, and you're inviting family and friends around just for some time together, and they go to sing happy birthday, and they get out the presents. They get out the presents and don't give them to you. They give them to one another. I don't know about you, but is that a little unusual? Is that a little funny? Because that's what We've done. That's what happens. The only true historical reason for celebrating Christmas is as the birthday of Jesus Christ. You see, the purpose of Christmas is summed up in probably the probably the most well-known verse of the Bible, John 3 chapter sorry, John chapter 3 verse 16 where it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so, say this word with me, for God so loved. For God so loved. That's where Christmas starts. It starts with love. For God so loved that he gave the very first Christmas gift. You see, the whole reason that we give gifts at Christmas, and it is a lovely thing to do. But God started this particular tradition. The first gift that was given to this world was God's Son to you and I. It was the most expensive gift that you'll ever get, and it's the greatest gift that you will ever receive. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says this, "'Since He did not spare His own Son,' But gave him up for the sake of all of us, then can we not expect that we, with him, he will freely give us, say this with me, all his gifts? Freely give us all his gifts. You see, with God's gift, his son Jesus, you get many other gifts at the same time. I don't know about you. Have you ever received a gift inside another gift that was inside another gift? You know where I'm going. Anyone ever, ever played past the parcel? You get the idea where you open one wrapper and there's a minty, a good old minty. You open another wrapper, there's, there's a chocolate, there's a bit of chocolate there. Then you, there's a gift inside of a gift inside of a gift, a there's a whole bunch of other little gifts. And this is what happens at Christmas. You see, at Christmas, God's gift to you and I, Jesus, that's the big box. That's the big box where God so loved you that he gave his son. That's the big, big box. And inside this gift, there are many other smaller gifts that are wrapped in Jesus. And when you get Jesus, you get all the other gifts that he wants to give you. This word gift, let's just focus on that just for a moment. Because it's well represented, especially in the New Testament. In fact, it's mentioned 66 times, the word gift itself. The word gift in New Testament. There are many gifts that God gives you and I for this journey of life that we're in. In fact, the word gift, the gift, is, it's a major theme throughout the Bible. Yet today, we're going to take a look at just four Christmas gifts that when you receive the big gift of his son, Jesus Christ, we've all um, heard people say that the spirit of Christmas is Giving. The spirit of Christmas is giving. I'm going to turn that around this morning and say, actually, the spirit of Christmas is receiving God's gift to you. So gift number one. You ready to open some presents this morning? No, we're not. Okay, let's move on. I can't move on without opening a present. Are we ready to open a present this morning? Let's open present number one. We've got four presents to open. Present number one. Can I have a volunteer? I don't care who it is. Let's grab that red box. Thanks, Carmel fantastic all right bring it up here please Carmel. if you could thank you fantastic i'm gonna need some volunteers around this so get ready next all right fantastic no no no. you open it open up show everyone open it up carmel what have we got in here Carmel? open it up nice and high okay thank you Carmel. i'll take that from me fantastic thank Car- let's thanks Car- thank carmel all right this is a gift of Jesus to you and I. Of course this is a passport, it's symbolic uh, that once you receive the big gift of Jesus, the Bible tells us that our citizenship is no longer on earth, but our citizenship is where? In heaven. What's heaven? Heaven is described in the Bible as what? Unimaginable beauty. It's hard to even think. But once you dis- you receive the first gift of Christmas, The passport, that citizenship that allows you and I into heaven with the gift of Jesus. When I accept Jesus Christ, God gives me a new identity. A new identity. That's the first gift that he gives us through his son Jesus. You see, for some of us, our lives have been defined by the approval of others. Our lives have been um, defined by our job, our title, the clothes in which we wear our income our suburb in which we live you see we've had the pressure to perform to please or to gain approval and to tell you the truth isn't that torment we have an identity problem you know what the fastest growing crime in the world today is you got it identity theft identity theft you see sometimes our id has been stolen by our parents They want us to be something, we want to be something, and God wants us to be something as well. So sometimes our ID has been stolen by friends, sometimes our ID, identity, has been stolen by peers, or partners, or professionals, or problems, or society, or culture, or the media. And we end up being pressured to conform to culture rather than being who God designed us to be. Can I ask you a personal question? Too bad. (laughs) The question is this, where do you get your identity from today? Most people would get their identity from one of three things. First of all, work, relationships, or things, stuff. Let's talk about work just for a moment if we could. And it goes like this. You know when somebody kind of meets you for the first time and says, well, who are you? And You say, well, I'm a nurse, I'm a tradie, I'm an architect, or I'm in business. No, no, that's not, that's what you do. That's not who you are. That's not your identity. You see, some people get their, their identity from relationships. Well, I'm a mum. I'm a dad, I'm a brother, I'm a sister, I'm an uncle, I'm a grandparent, I'm a grandparent, I'm an uncle, I'm a boss. Some people find their identity through what they have. Whether it's their house, or their bank account, or a hobby, or their car. One of three things, generally, we get our identity from, don't we? Work, things, and relationships. Can I give you some advice from a pastor who really loves you? And it's this. Never ever base your identity on something you can lose. You see, for example, can I just speak personally just for a moment once again? If you build your identity around a loved one and you lose that loved one for whatever reason, as we've all lost loved ones, what's your identity? If you build your identity on your career or on your job, and you lose your job for whatever reason, what's your identity? You see, if you build your identity on your home or your wealth and you become bankrupt, what's your identity? If you build your identity on your looks, how many can testify this morning? (laughs) That beauty fades. (laughs) Do I see any hands in the house this morning? (laughs) That's okay, you don't have to lift your hands. But if you build your identity on something that can be taken from you, it's not your true identity. The Bible teaches us that the only thing that cannot be taken away from us is that love that's recorded in John 3:16. That unconditional love for you and for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new identity, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new identity is here. What he's saying here is that when you accept the big gift at Christmas time, God's love for you, you get a whole new identity. Will you be perfect? No. In Christ, God sees you as perfect, the Bible tells us. Will you struggle? Absolutely, you will continue to struggle in life. We have those ups and downs. It means you're not identified, however, with your sin. It means you're not identified with your past. You have a new identity as a child of God. It's new, it's true, and it's also permanent. And By the way, by the way, do you know what the ceremony is called where you publicly declare your new identity? Baptism baptism, absolutely. You are declaring that I am not the same person as I once used to be. And the symbol for that is the burial and resurrection. As we go under the water, we die to the old and we come up, that new creation, that new person, gone with the old, up with the new. We've got a baptism service coming up here in a couple of weeks' time, I'm inviting you, and I'm going to ask you this morning, as I look down that camera to all of our online friends this morning as well, and say, have you been baptized? Because there's an opportunity coming up for you in a couple of weeks' time. We do it regularly here at Door of Hope. So our new identity, it's what we identify with. So the first gift, that's the first gift that we receive, of course, of Jesus, our new identity. We also need the power. Once we receive Jesus, we receive the power to go on and receive that support in our life to change. We need that that power to change. And God gives me another gift from the big gift. Are you ready to open the second gift this morning? That's better. Fantastic. We even heard people online there this morning. Okay, who's ready to open the second gift this morning? Who's going to go there? Fantastic. All right. All right. Okay. In fact, can we get you to come back in a moment? We're going to need a big person for this one. We'll get you to come back in a moment. Thanks, Caitlin. Bruce, come up here for a moment. Bruce? Bruce. All right. This is, yeah, you'll understand why in a moment, all right? Caitlin, hang in there. Bruce. Okay. The blue one. The blue one, please, Bruce. What's, what have we got here? Drum roll, please. Thank you. Yeah, just, just leave it on stage, just leave it on stage and we'll just, just do it from there, yeah. You'll understand why. Hang in there, Caitlin. <laughs> All right, the battery. Now, in fact, Caitlin, come up with you. Caitlin, come up with you and uh, yeah, let's go, Let's go. I think it's the white one. Let's go the white one, the white one. Can you open that one? Okay. Fantastic. Can everyone see that? We got that on shot? Okay, there we go. Very good. Excellent. What have we got there, Caitlin? Can you see those? Mr. Bruce might have to explain what that is for you. Open them up. Hold them up nice and high so the camera can see. And all those people who are participating online with us this morning, they are, what are they, Caitlin? Yep. (laughs) No, they're not that. All right. They are jumper leads. And you connect them to the battery. Thanks, guys. Can we encourage Bruce and Caitlin? Fantastic. So the first gift, what is it? The first gift, God gives us a new identity. Then the second thing is it gives us a new battery. No, ability. Jumpstart. That's right. And, of course, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. What could come next, I wonder? So we have a new power, we have that new energy, we have that new strength, that new capacity. We're no longer dependent on willpower to change. How many times and how many things have you tried to change things in your life? Think about what's coming up on January 1. What do we do? New Year's resolutions. How many? How long do New Year's resolutions last? One day, a week, a month, if that. See, what we don't need is actually willpower. What we do need is God power, this battery, this power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. You see, God says, I'm going to give you this new power, this new ability, and I'm going to put my spirit inside you. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's, there it is again, this is the message of Christmas. What is it? God's love has been poured out into our hearts through what? through the battery, through the jumper leads, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying here that I'm not only going to be working around you, I'm not only going to be working with you, I'm not only going to be working on you, I'm going to be working in you and through you. And that's what happens when we receive the Christmas gift of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 this morning says this. For it is who? God, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. His good purpose for us this morning. I don't know about you, but if you anything like me, you tend to watch, you know, some close friends and family from a distance. Of course, you know, these days we can through an incredible thing online that we're participating in this morning. I got a particular friend who I certainly watch from a distance and. Um, They're trying so many things in life, and they haven't tried the Christmas gift yet. Well, in fact, I may be wrong about that, but I've seen and watched this journey from a a number of years, trying this Trying this, trying this, trying this, trying this. To fulfill joy, to fulfill relationships, to fulfill life, to fulfill purpose. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I certainly watch people like that from a distance. And the difference between willpower and God power is about trusting, not trying. Trying this, trying this, trying You see, willpower, we get tired and we tend to give up. Yet God gives you and I the ability through the power of His Holy Spirit, thanks to Jesus, to start over. God gives us the power to make the change that we can't actually change by ourselves. God gives us the power through the power of the Holy Spirit to keep going. You see, it's about trusting, not trying. And so God's plan is built on trusting His power. Not law, not legalism. Where does it come back to? For God's so, it comes back to love. It comes back to love, to trusting His power. It's love is what will change us. Paul wrote uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, says this, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us Timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. If you want power, love, and self-discipline, this is the battery and the uh, the uh, what are they called? Sorry, the jumper leads. The Holy Spirit we're talking about. That's what we need more of. The more I'm filled with God's love the more power I have to change. So if you want the hope and transformation in your life, you're going to need truth. That's our new identity. We're going to need power. That's our new ability. Now for our third gift here this morning. Our third gift. Are we ready to open the third gift this morning? Fantastic. Let's open this one. Who's 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 up there? Who's up? Anyone coming up? Anyone coming up this morning? We need that green one open, please. Thanks, John. No one was coming. I need the fourth one. Open it. Yeah, bring it up, John. Bring it up. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah. OK. Open it up. Uh, no. no, it's up to you. However you do it. No, I don't think so. Identity. New identity, new ability. This is going to be a new. What have we got here, John? What have we got? Hmm. Shake him up. Hey, fantastic. Thanks, John. Thanks. Let's encourage John. Fantastic. What God gives us through the power of Jesus and His Holy Spirit is a new community. A new community. And we get to do this, this miracle missions offering together in community. uh, Bruce alluded to it before. Together in community. It's it's one of our high values, something we highly value here at Door of Hope, that we don't do life alone. But we do things together and we visit one another. We had somebody in the hospital, a part of the church overnight. And sure enough, people are onto it. We're visiting, we're making sure people are looked after and taken care of that no one goes in need. And so it's a new community. This is a spiritual family of support together in community, along the hope pathway, from being a friend, to an explorer, to growing, to, to, to becoming Jesus-centered and others-focused. Anyone familiar with the terminology, underpinning? Yeah? Okay, I think just over 10 years ago, my wife and I, in a, a house that we've lived in ever since we got married a few years back now, and um, there came a time where we had a builder come around and we had a bit of renovating to do in a house, and... Um, um, we had to get some underpinning done. Underpinning, underpinning, underpinning. It's to, to reinforce the support of our house. And it's the same like that in life, isn't it? If you and I don't have that good support and foundation in life of that new community, our house ends up crumbling. Crumbling. So I'm asking you the question here this morning, openly and honestly, where is your support? Where is your foundation without a church family? And sometimes people ask me that. Well, I don't know how people cope in life without Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and that new community in which we live in, under all of his leadership and love. Well, a lot of people don't cope. They become bitter rather than Better. See, the crowd, we're part of a crowd here at the moment. That's why we try to break our crowd down a little bit into what we call hope connect groups. And that's where we find the support. I remember 18 years ago losing my mother to breast cancer, my father a couple of years ago to Alzheimer's, my grandparents to other illnesses. And it would have been incredibly difficult without the support and foundation of my church family, that underpinning that kept me stable and kept my family stable as well. And so many people get bitter rather than better. And we've got this theme kind of working through our ministry team at the moment, Ready for 27. I just want to kind of announce that to you this right now, that we're looking to next year to be the theme of Door of Hope, is that better together. We are better together. Is that okay? Overwhelming response right then. <laughs> but wouldn't, that, wouldn't it just be amazing witness to um, the community in which you and I live. If Door of Hope was known uh, for our love and support, that people could see there's something special about what you do together in community. And in fact, wouldn't it be amazing if they saw that preview of heaven? A preview of heaven. Let's go to the Bible, because in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, says this. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless in His sight. There it is again. In love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Everyone say the word adoption. Adoption. This is important because, a God, because God adopts us into His family through His Son, Jesus Christ. The entire Bible, the entire story of the Bible is a story of a God building a family who will love Him, who will honor Him, and who will reign with Him forever. Is everybody in the family of God? No. Remember what we just read? We are to be adopted into His family. Is everybody created by God? You bet we are. Is everybody loved by God? Absolutely we are. But the only way to get into God's family is by making a choice, by making a decision. And if we make that decision, that's where God becomes our father. We become his children. Other believers become our brothers and sisters. And the church becomes our spiritual family and our spiritual support where we do things together in community. And God says to you this morning that I want you in my family. But he will never force you into the dance, he invites you into the dance. And this morning, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer in regards to that. And so we've got a new identity, a new ability, a new community. One more gift that's wrapped up in this big gift here this morning. It's gift number four. It's our final gift. Can somebody come and unwrap this? You've got to be very careful. Who's going to be up? Who's going to be up? You've got to move quicker than that. Jack! Jack! Come on up, come on up. Just be careful at both ends, please, because I really don't know what's in here. I kind of do, but I don't. Come on up on stage. Just be careful at both ends if you could. We just don't want to hurt anyone here at church this morning. See what happens. Open her up, Jack. What's in here this morning? Oh, oh, there we go. What is it, Jack? It's an arrow. It's an arrow. Let's thank Jack. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is an arrow. What's the purpose of an arrow? To hit a target. To go. It has a destiny. It has a destiny. Is that okay? Fourth point. You receive after the big gift. Fourth point. Is that a new destiny? You are given a new destiny. <laughs> You see, when I accept the big gift of Christmas, God gives me a new destiny. Some gifts don't last very long, do they? Actually broken by lunchtime sometimes, aren't they? (laughs) And if, in fact, some of us actually pay it forward in the new year somewhere, somehow, don't we? The gifts that we get that we don't really want. But anyway, (laughs) but God says, here's a gift a new destiny that's going to last forever. It's a new destiny. I now have a mother who is in heaven. I now have a father who is in heaven. I now have a brother who I've never met in heaven. I now have grandparents who are in heaven. I now have friends who are in heaven. I now have animals. I don't want cookie. Don't. Anyway, don't mean, surely he's not going to be in heaven, is he? What? Oh, man. Oh, man. How do I know, how do I know these family and friends are in heaven? Is because they made a choice, they made a decision, that they accepted the big gift. Can I have the band and the team to come up to ready to lead us in a final song this morning? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 to 6 says this, And God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of what? Eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God in his mighty power will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you are what? Trying so hard in this life. Uh -uh. Trusting him. It will be yours in that coming last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Why are people sad when lost ones and loved ones die? Yeah, I'm the same as you. Because that's it. That's it. Family, our spiritual family lives on forever. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. Don't you love that? Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life comes in the gift of Jesus. You don't earn your way to heaven. You don't buy your way to heaven. You don't bribe your way to heaven. You don't bargain your way to heaven. You'll never be good enough to make it into heaven. You can't talk your way into heaven. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. When you receive the big gift of Jesus Christ, all these other gifts flow unto you. These are only four gifts I've talked about this morning. So, have you made that choice here this morning? Those who are participating online this morning, have you made this choice? Matthew chapter 7, verses 11. I'm going to finish with this. We have an online pastor here, by the way, each and every Sunday. For those who are listening and watching online, you can interact with us. And right now, we're going to have some interaction time here and there. When Matthew chapter 7 and 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who... Say this word with me. To those who... Have you asked Him? Have you asked Him this morning for the gift of His Son, Jesus? <clears throat> Can I summarize what we talked about this morning? For God so loved the world, He sent us the first Christmas gift. His name is Jesus. And because of that Christmas gift, His one and only Son, Jesus, we now receive a new identity, a new ability, a new community, and a new destiny. That's why Christmas is receiving. 2 Corinthians 9.15. Let's finish off with this. Can we read this all together? It's only a few words, and it says this. Say this with me. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Let me pray as I allow the battery and the jumper leads to go to work right now. The Holy Spirit. God's already sent His Son, Jesus. He's left us with the Holy Spirit. And by His power here this morning, I'm praying for those who are participating online, those who have joined us online right around the world, wherever you may be watching, right this morning. Because imagine just for a moment, if you received the gift of a million dollars, but you never opened that gift. How is it possible to celebrate Christmas, year after year, your entire life, and you've never actually opened that gift to you? What's it all about? It's all about... John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have will have everlasting, eternal, and I would say internal life as well. So, would you pray a prayer with me this morning to accept the gift of Christmas right now? Pray these words just in your heart. Thank you for the Christmas gift of your Son Jesus. Thank you that I have a new identity. Thank you that you loved me so much that you died for me. I don't understand it all right now, but for today, I'm saying yes to you, to the Christmas gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And I want my roots to go deep into your love, to be that new creation. I'm asking you to give me that new identity, not what everyone else wants for me, but I lay my life down right now that you would pick it up Help me to see what you made me to be. Father, that you would give me that new ability that I can't do it on my own, but I need your power in my life, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I receive this new community. May it now be my support and my foundation. I'm humbly asking for a new destiny to accept me into a place in heaven. Not because I deserve it, but because I have received your Son as my Saviour. I want to learn what it is to love and to trust, to so stop trying, but to trust in you in the days ahead. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the new identity you've given me, for the new ability you've blessed me with, with the new community I now stand with, and the new destiny in terms of my future forever and ever. As all heads are bowed still, As we reflect, I'm just going to ask, if you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time here this morning, you would just quickly just raise your hand and say, yeah, I prayed that. I prayed that prayer. That was for me this morning. If that was you, you just quickly just raise your hand. If that was you here this morning, anyone really praying that prayer this morning? Thank you. Yeah, thank you.